good morning. Let's stand together. Psalms 103, praise the Lord on my soul. All that's within me, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul, and do not forget all his kind deeds. You're the one who forgives us, Lord. You're the one who heals every disease. You're the one who takes our life from the pit. You're the one who crowns us with loyal love and compassion, who satisfies our life with good things, so our youth is renewed like the eagles. is fair. He executes justice for the oppressed. The Lord reveals his faithful acts to Moses, his deeds to the Israelite. We say, Lord, that you're compassionate and merciful, that you're patient and you demonstrate great loyal love. You don't always accuse and you don't always stay angry. He doesn't deal with us according to our sins. He doesn't repay us for our misdeeds. As the skies are high above the earth, so your loyal love towers over us, your faithful followers. As far as the eastern horizon is from the west, you have removed our guilt and our rebellious actions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord, you have compassion on us. That you know what we're made of, Lord. You realize that we are just clay and that our life is like the grass and like a flower of the field it flourishes and when the hot wind blows by it disappears and one can no longer even spot the place where it grew but you Lord you've continually shown us your loyal love you've been faithful Maybe you like say that to the Lord, you're faithful. You're faithful, Lord. You're faithful to the ones who keep the covenant and are careful to obey every command. Lord, establish your throne and let your kingdom extend out of your house. Praise the Lord, all the angelic hosts, you powerful warriors who carry out decrees. We say to the angels, obey the order of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, all ye warriors of his, all ye servants of the Lord who carry out the desires of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And praise the Lord in all that he has made, in all the regions of his kingdom. I will praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, all my soul, and all that's within me. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen.
Come on and praise his name, praise his name, praise his name, and all he's done, praise his name, he is who he is, praise his name, praise his name, come on and praise his name, praise his name, lift his name, lift his name.
with all. We love because He loves with all. Don't hold back. Waste every drop. Waste every drop on Him. And I will come into your courts with praise, into your house with thanksgiving. And I will lift up my voice and lift up my heart with thanksgiving. You lead me in the paths of righteousness, and in you there is no shadow or turning. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. There's no contingency. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. There's no contingency. event started, the Lord said to me, he said, I'm going to start on the left. And I said, okay, and I'm thinking my left over here. And he said, no, no, you know, uh, my left, <laughs> which is over here. <laughs> and um, and it was bef just before you guys came in. And then, and so I'm like, the Lord's like, I'm all over them. And this is the expression that I, and I, and, uh, you know, over Karen and over Melinda. I just thought maybe she could share what she's experiencing uh, as this, the Spirit of God begins to move across the whole room. 
Um, well, as soon as I came in the back door, I felt his river. You know, just that coolness, that refreshing, that uh, that reviving, you know? And I was like, oh, I gotta get up there, I gotta get up there. And then we just kind of twirled and danced. And I felt like the Lord, just, just his joy over us. You know, he dances over us and he dances wildly over us because he's madly in love with us. And so if I were to have to put it in a word, it would be madly in love, madly loved by God. He rejoices over us, he delights over us, and he kept saying, go deeper, go deeper. Like the river, you know, where it says, first they went ankle, and then they went to their knees, and then they went, and then they just kept going in, and there was no, they, they couldn't even control it. And um, I don't wanna control him. <laughs> I just want that wild, crazy love. So Lord, we just receive your wild, crazy love over us, God. You pour it out, you don't hold back. You don't hold back, God. You never have held back from us. And you want us to receive it all. Lord, open our capacity. Open our capacities, God, to receive the love you have for us. You love us, and we go deeper in that love, deeper. When we think, whoa, whoa, that, that's enough, he says, no, there's more. There's more, I love you more, I love you more, come. Come deeper, come deeper. And you know, when we let him love us, oh my gosh, he, when, when we let him love us, what pours out of us is more love than we could ever imagine for him because it's a reciprocal love. It's what, when he loves us, we love him. And then it's like, oh, he's loving us more. Oh, we gotta love him more. And it's like this back and forth. So I just, I, I'm just so thankful that his love is just here. Rivers of it, rivers of it, rivers of it. And in that river is joy, in that river is peace, in that river is provision, in that river is healing. Everywhere the river goes, it brings life. So just receive his love over you. Oh, he loves you so much. So much, so much, so much. Think about, just think about his love and just go, go with it. Where's Carol? Isaiah 51, listen to me, you who pursue godliness and who seek the Lord. Look at the rock from which you have been chiseled, the quarry from which you were dug. Look at Abraham, your father, and Sarah who gave you birth. When I summoned him, he was a lone individual, but I blessed him with a numerous set of descendants. This is a word, certainly the Lord. Certainly the Lord will bring consolation to Zion and he will console all your ruins. He will make his wilderness like Eden, her desert like the garden of the Lord and happiness and joy. Let the happiness of the joy of the Lord be restored to you. Oh.
just waiting on the word because he, he's telling me that there was a... Uh, um, he, he's going to heal right now. I'm asking him how to say what he's saying to me because I, I got to say this right. I don't want to mess this up. Um, Yeah, I'm 
not calling anybody forward on this one and and obviously the Lord cares very much about our whole self but the thing he told me he said very clear to me there's an issue with uh, testicular disease in this room and I'm, I'm not asking anybody to come forward unless you the Lord tells you to uh, for prayer and so it's very you know, it's obviously a private issue. Um, but what, what I do want to do is I want to pray uh, for that issue. And I ask you to just pray with me um, because this has to do with um, the reproductive reproduction. And that the Lord wants to heal something related to reproduction this morning in this particular area. And I, I just ask you, uh, just to pray with me. Lord, you care about reproduction. You care about offspring. And you care about diseases, Lord, that have tried to enter into reproductive organs. And I ask you, Lord, this morning that you would release healing to whoever it is in whatever situation that is in this room, Lord. And I pray, Lord, now, I thank you, Jesus. I know that you're the author and you're the healer of every disease. As it says in Psalms 103, that we started this out in, Lord, that you're the healer of every disease. In the name of Jesus, we proclaim healing and we ask you, release healing now. No more reproductive disease among us, wherever it may be. In the name of Jesus, let the oil flow, the oil flow of a glad heart, the oil flow through our, our body, in Jesus' name. reminded me of this <laughs> he said why don't you think I told you to go to Isaiah 51 to look to Abraham your father and Sarah who gave you birth and I summoned him he was a lone individual but I blessed him and I gave him numerous descendants and where it 
was in the case of Abraham and Sarah, there was not the possibility of having a child. But they did. And I think it, it gets at the laughter that's coming out of this corner over here. Because that's what Isaac means, right? The God who rejoices and who laughs. just told me that the Lord gave him a, a key and showed him a big lock in the spirit and he says something that, you know has definitely opened up thank you for bearing with me in this it's a little bit different for me you know I was just like I'm gonna heal testicular disease I'm just like okay okay I agree with you Lord I agree with you just wait on him, right? We trust you, Lord. I'm not going to be 
Heroes, 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 heroes. 
like a mighty fortress. His on Like a mighty fortress, he's our God. He's like a mighty fortress, he's our God. You can run into him, you can run into him. Don't try to stand here on your own. The mighty fortress that is our God.
You're written on his heart and his hand and his mind. For Israel's sake, for Israel's sake, for Israel's sake, oh, hear the voice of the Lord. your hands up in the air to receive every good gift every good gift and every perfect gift comes down comes down from the father of lights every good and perfect gift every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of light, in whom there is no parable or shadow of turning. Receive the gift. Receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Receive the Lord. on the Lord, eyes on the one who is, eyes on the I am, eyes on the Lord, eyes, eyes on the Lord, the I am, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the one whom has prevailed, eyes on the Lord, we don't seek a sign, but signs follow those who believe. I seek your face, Lord. I seek your face, Lord. Face in me. Let the face of the Lord. Face of the Lord in you. Face of the Lord in you. Christ in me. Christ in me. Hope of glory. in me hope of glory I am in me yes mm. 
I see the dove. I see the dove. Let the transfiguration, let the transfiguration happen now. Transfigured glory, penetration of light. We are partakers of the divine nature.
In the Hebrew, the word davakot, it means to cleave to the Lord. It means to be in full union. It is the bond of the covenant. Last week, I didn't know what the shepherd's rod was. But I've done some studying. And he said he will release a shepherd's rod to bring us into the bond. The bond of the covenant. And though we've sat in darkness, and though we've been in dark places, and though he's hedged us in on every side, it was to bring us in to this bond, this union. This union with the Lord. Yes, thank you. Who said that? Fall in. Tom, that's right. That's exactly what I heard. Now I'm going to ask you if you'll come. You don't have to do this. If you want to come into the bond of the covenant, I want you to line up along this back wall, and you're going to pass in review with the Lord. You're going to come across. Um, just as you walk around, you can go back to your seats. Line up across here while they sing. Prepare the song. You're going to pass under the shepherd's rod. Full union with the Lord. My soul, my soul's panted after you, Lord. My soul's long for you. like my God my enemies they consume themselves who is like my king he who rules with compassion and love who is like my warrior he who rescues me and will avail sit in darkness rejoice not against me O enemy when I fall I shall arise the Lord is my life he pleads my call he will hear me he will say
before you pass under the shepherd's rod. This is an allegiance to the king. This is your allegiance to covenantal fidelity to the Lord. He's proclaimed his covenantal fidelity to you. This is a proclamation. Listen. He wants you to know this. I am your deliverer. I am your hope. I am your trust. I am your everything. I pledge myself fully to you. I pledge my whole self to you. This is an acceptance and a declaration of his pledge and your pledge to him. I pledge my allegiance to the Lamb. I do, Lord. I make my decision now. of what you've done because you're the righteous one because of your holiness I pledge my life to you I pledge my all in all to you Lord when you're ready go ahead and just pass Trust is in you, Lord. God, 
my God. Oh, Adonai. Oh, Adonai. All the promises of God are yes and amen. Oh, Adonai. All the promises of the Lord are yes and amen. now that you didn't cross in the front and you want to cross now no pressure but come around and make your crossing if you said oh man I wish I would have done that I want you to come just go ahead and, and cross now let's go don't be afraid don't worry the Lord is the, your deliverer you just say man I wish I would have done that I, I need to come forward now don't miss this opportunity Let this be a demarcation. Let it be forever done. Let the proclamation over you be complete for now and for all eternity. Anyone else?
Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3. The Lord, he appeared. He appeared out of the Olam. He appeared out of the Olam, out of the everlasting. He appeared. He appeared out of the old and he said unto me, Yea, I have loved thee. Yes, I love you. I love you with an everlasting love that is not contingent on you, but I made it contingent on me. I love you with a love that I set the contingency on myself. And you're forever mine. Forever mine. Forever mine. Because of my everlasting love, I am the one. I am the one that redeemed you from your sin. I am the one who has always loved you. You're mine, and you forever will be mine. It's not contingent on you. It's contingent on me, and I've already decided. <laughs> I decided that you're mine. I decided that I would love you, and I will never stop loving you. Therefore, it is with that love that I've drawn you. to me over and over <laughs> you're not my contingency <laughs> I'm the contingency plan I'm your contingency because <laughs> oh. he first loved us the first mover, the sovereign one. 
Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Son. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. when passing under the shepherd's rod, you felt a sense of, um, and I don't know if you felt this or experienced this, but if you felt like a sobriety, but also a sense of just sleepiness or, t- or tiredness, that's very normal. I just wanted you to know, because <laughs> he kept telling me, you know, you know how I put Adam and Abraham to sleep. And of course, the Lord, he took the greatest rest when he was crucified. And it's okay if your soul begins to just dial down to receive from him what he has done and what he is doing. Okay, Steve, you have an announcement or you have something you want to say? Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, to announce your trip and everything. Yeah. All right, so if you're going on the trip to Uganda, uh, come up here and we're going to pray over you. And Richard, may I use your oil? May I use your oil? Okay. And Gus, also Kelly and Josephine are going with you? Okay. Anything you want to say, Steve? Pray. So they're going to Naboth's Vineyard. And so Ahab, you know what happened with him in Naboth's vineyard, right? You know the story? He was jealous of that guy, and he's a little wimp, scrimpy wimp, and he wanted to go take the best of the provision of that land for, from them for themselves. So I'm just hearing from the Lord on this, that um, part of this, what is happening here, and, and what's been going on with, in, with Naboth and his ministry over there, where they're being dispatched to, is a, proclamation over Uganda that Ahab and Jezebel and all their cronies can't have that land and its people and how the enemy has sought to uh, destroy the fruitfulness of the land is that right and or steal the fruitfulness of the land and steal from a multi-generational transfer and of course Naboth and his family are standing before the Lord but Steve and Melinda and Gus and Kelly and Josephine are going in support there to bless that people with, I believe, a release of 
provision uh, for the land and this people and also for health, uh, the restoration of their physical bodies, uh, that they would have proper sustenance and uh, they would prosper even as their soul prospers and that the Lord would raise up even more workers in the, uh, the field of the harvest there to more harvesters to harvest. He also says to me like the Lord wants uh, proper housing for, this, for these people and that there would be construction projects that would come forth that they would be able to have uh, proper homes. It is. It's happening. Oh, good. <laughs> Since the Lord is wanting that to happen. And that the government to organizations there would pledge allegiance to Jesus. And that they would just say, you know, we're going to follow the Lord. If you would um, reach your hands toward this way, and we're talking about a country, right? In Uganda, a country. It is, it's a country. So, I mean, we're talking about a whole country. <clears throat> and Naboth does six other countries? Wow. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to say what I'm hearing the Lord say. He said, there's been a dominion usurper in that territory. And what what we're uh, asking for here is for the seat of that dominion authority to be vacated and for a, uh, a proper seat of the church government to take that seat and this dominion usurper would be removed from their position that, they've, that they have because of uh, Adam's sin. Uh, it's like that. This goes back to Adam. And this process, this uh, party that's going over is like an entourage or, or in a party that is announcing the rule of the king. And that this dominion usurper has no right anymore uh, to uh, have authority in that realm. And that we, we're covenanting as a people of the covenant together corporately in this house that we disagree with that position that he has whatever this dominion usurper is. Do you all agree with me? And the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord rebuke you. And in the name of Jesus, I ask you right now that you would put into proper position the leadership that is meant to be in that position to oversee that entire territory and that entire region. It is done. Let it be like that. Yeah, it's finished. It is finished. Amen. All right. Well, that was easy. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Actually, uh, also, Naboth is um, like a king's son, a prince of 
of the tribes that are in Uganda, and his grandmother was a peace child from Rwanda that lived in his house, and they grew up together, and then his mom and dad were, became the next uh, king or chief in, this is before, you know, all the democracy and all this kind of stuff came. So, so he had actually family land that people did steal, that God's given it back. What's that guy's name? But he's always had a heart for the, for the uh, orphans and for the ministry. No. So yeah. Yeah. praise the Lord. He has like 453 churches now in six or seven nations right around uh, Uganda. So that, he really does have authority, and, and he's seeing very clearly about what's happening and what's going to happen. The Lord actually spoke to me about that just probably six months ago that when we went, this is what we're doing. We're reestablishing some things that God has put in order and it's going to be done. Yeah. All these tall guys. Um, yeah, and just if we come to mind throughout this next week, Uganda comes to mind and you're praying, especially on the health thing, because obviously there's a lot of disease there and, and all the usual equatorial diseases, dengue fever and African sleeping sickness and malaria and hepatitis A and typhus and all of those types of things. For the actual number one cause, yeah, yeah, the actual number one cause of disease there is a lack of sufficient nutrition for the people. And they're actually in a food crisis right now um, for both a shortage of food and the cost of food. And just over this last year um, in my work, you know, the Lord's been showing me a little more about how he built these human bodies. And this might sound really odd, um, but it's really changed my understanding of what nutrition is, what food is, what sustenance is. And while he, there are physical laws that he brought us into this world under, such as our need for water, air, and calories and nutrients to survive, of all of those things, the calories is probably the least important one, which is what we tend to think of when we think of malnutrition, not enough food. And that's an important one. It's really important. You have to have energy. But the more important aspect are the actual nutrients in food and sustenance, the amino acids, the essential fatty acids, the vitamins and minerals that are actually how our body works. Like our, the structure and function of our body is actually supported by those things, and then calories are the source of the energy. And what he's been showing me is that, you know, if, that if we can make sure that we have those things met, he can provide the energy. It doesn't have to be that we have a certain number of calories or a certain amount of food every day. And I, I mean, I don't have a clear sense on this, but there's a part of me that's thinking that one of the things we may witness is this outpouring of his spirit in the domain of health, one, to overcome this food crisis, but not just because a bunch of people give money and bring a bunch of food in. That's the easiest solution, and I'm praying for that to happen, and we'll see if there are ways we could make things that would be part of making things like that happen. God will be the one doing it, but more so a display of this power and authority over our human form and the human form of all those people in Uganda that he can supply what is needed for normal growth, normal development, and all strength. On, what, on a minimal measure of actual food. He can multiply what each body receives in ways we don't understand and maintain the structure and function. And I know that might sound just a little bit weird,
but it's just been getting more deeply imprinted to, to me and deeply imprinted to me because we tend to go over and we see the problem and we think of the solutions to the problem. Well, let's get more food, let's do this. And those are good solutions. Can we buy land and they can start cultivating their own food? But I think there might be a more powerful spiritual solution that works alongside that, that doesn't keep a people in a state of dependency upon what other humans can provide or not provide for them, but rather the power of the Lord and his spirit coming into their bodies and reinvigorating their cells and their function in such a way that they have some freedom from this. And so again, <laughs> it might sound really weird. But I just feel like I'm supposed to share that and that if you think about it, maybe you'll pray for that while we're there. Pretty awesome, I mean. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, Lord, do that, please. If you've got the power, you can take us into the desert for 40 days and give us every single thing we need to not only survive, but to be able to fight off dark spiritual forces. Lord, you can pour this into Uganda. You can pour it into everywhere, Lord. And while we're there, or even before we get there, or after we leave, whenever you're going to do it, Lord, I'd love to see it. Um, Pour down that spirit upon these people and let them receive your sustenance, which is better than any sustenance we can find on this planet. And it'll be an incredible display of power when all these children and all these people stand up in their full stature with their full strength. And while they do go about the business of cultivating nutritious food and making sure things are taken care of, they are not dependent upon the Ahabs and Jezebels of this world, whether they can come in or take their resources because they have yours. And I pray, Lord, we'll see this work and we'll know your power to do it. And then we'll be, see it happening all over this planet where there's not enough, that you will be more than enough. Please, Lord, I, I want to see it. Please do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, man, thank you. Yeah, I, I really wanted yeah. to encourage you and thank you for the prayers. I, I really believe this is part of what Carol's vision is, which is God wants his kids to rule. And we have authority all over the world to take his kingdom. And I think this is just the beginning. Man, thank you. Wow. So, Jennifer, I have a word for you. You ready? And it came out today, but the Holy Spirit just told me while I was standing here, he says, give this word to Jennifer. Isaiah 51, for the Lord will comfort Zion and he will comfort all of your waste places and he will make your wilderness like Eden and your desert will be a garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness is found in you. Thanksgiving and the voice of song or an instrument of praise. Bless you. Okay. Y'all agree with that over Jennifer's Crocs? Amen. Let it be so. Let's look at Jeremiah chapter 9. Jeremiah 9, 23. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise or skillful person glory and boast in his wisdom. 
Let him not boast in his wisdom and let him not boast in his skill set. Let not a mighty man, woman, or a powerful person, let them not glory and boast in their strength. Let them not boast in their strength and let them not boast in power. Let not a person who is rich, the one who has physical gratification or someone who has earthly wealth, let them not glory and boast in his temporal satisfactions and his earthly riches. But, but let him, but let me, maybe you say that to the Lord, let me. The Lord is not an imposer and he's not a manipulator. And so the word let is really important in the text because let is, let is a, it's not even relinquishment of, of a, how would I say, it's not despondency. It's not, I've run out of every other solution, so this is my last option. Let isn't like, I'm going to lean in on this and make it happen. Let. It's not like that. It's not let like that. It's, let is let. Let me. As you know, we're in Zechariah chapter 4. It's time for um, Zerubbabel to bring the capstone forward. He's going to bring in the architecture. Haggai 2 saying, basically, this latter house is going to be greater than the former. I'm going to raise up something uh, to my glory, and it's going to have like... um, this end time move is going to uh, transform uh, the earth. It's, it's, it's going to be uh, phenomenal. Uh, something's coming. Something is among us right now. Yeah. A ladder house architecture. And that architecture, that architectural plan, the one that God designed for man the one that only God can seat himself on, cornerstone and capstone, the only one. The structure of that architecture is this Jeremiah 9. The structure is, Lord, let me. Let me not glory in my own intellectual prowess, my own skill set, my own ability, the wisdom that has been afforded to me. Let me, Lord, not boast in my prophetic office, my prophetic gift, my commensurate abilities, whether they're great or small. Let me not. Let me not in our own reasoning, my own mind, my own thought process. Let not my thoughts and the meditation of my heart run back to my own ability, my own, my own functional worth coming from what I can do. Let my consciousness and even my sub-subconsciousness never even have a thought or a process or a consideration that I have a fallback into what I could fall back on based in what I know. Let me not have a fallback. 
Let my conscious control, as a, my daughter Lydia is writing a history paper this weekend on the difference between the sublime and the beautiful, and she was working through, her and I yesterday, working through together, and, and she comes back to me, she said, Daddy, I think I have a definition for sublime. You know, sublime in the Oxford or Webster's Dictionary is something to the effect of to be awestruck or be amazed by something that seems greater than yourself, so to speak. I, I think that that's paraphrase. And she comes back, she says, will you read my paper? I, I think I found something uh, deeper. And I, and I said, um, what, yeah, let me see it. And I, I read through and I was reading her paper and I went and uh, italicized this one statement because, because I, I was really struck by it. And I'm gonna read to you what, what my beautiful daughter came up with. Intense experiences which lay beyond conscious control and threaten individual autonomy. Anybody else experienced that kind of architecture? That my conscious control, the, my consciousness, the way that I perceive life and the daily, what I'm doing and the way we're going to do this and the next thing, that the level of my consciousness telling me I have this sort of fallback in my conscious way of doing life, that if I could I fall back on that and that God is telling us that the architecture that pleases me, the architecture that I, I want for you, I want you to release your, out of Jeremiah 9, I want you to release to me your ability and your skill set and your intellectual prowess and your, I want you to release it to me and give me your, give me conscious control. And, and so he simply says, he simply says, and the just shall live by faith. <laughs> we know, I think everybody in here, just to be real, if you've done life for any period of time, that you can go and do things your own way and persist in your own desire or whatever, and, and that if you go on with the Lord, something in you and, and in, in myself is going into greater and greater like release of, you know, what I can make happen or what I can figure out. And there's a greater sense that we're going into not trying to individuate ourselves as autonomous, meaning that I reject or rebel against anything other than me that is running my life. And, we, you know, we don't really know that until the Lord challenges us with something that we don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you know that? You know enough to know that, and I'm, I'm getting challenged. I've got a set of sort of formulas in my mind and, and thinking and ideas, and uh, they've worked for so much time, but I'm being drawn into something. I can't necessarily uh, make sense of it and put language around it, and I can't, I don't know how to describe him. Another autonomous self is wanting to take over. Another subconscious, or what I'd like to call Christ consciousness, is beginning to pervade and become an influencer so much inside of my person that my body itself has become uh, chased to him, has become uh, animated by him. 
And this is the architecture that he desires. This is the architecture he actually made you for. He created you this way. And we know it goes all the way back to the, uh, the garden. It goes back to knowing that you know that in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. Well, you know, you know, Eve, if you know that he's not necessarily uh, telling you what's right about this. And you know that he shouldn't have put a prohibition in your life or he shouldn't have prohibited you from having that. You should have everything that you want. He's trying to keep something from you. This is hard to explain, but I want you to let me have you, but I'm not going to impose myself on you. I want you to just um, uh, allow me to just have full sway in your life, but I, I won't make you do it. Uh, Stephen and I was talking this last week because I had brought up Deuteronomy 8.17 to him because I got soundly rebuked by the Lord myself. <laughs> because it says in Deuteronomy 8.17, and maybe they can bring that up. Are they back there to bring it up? I can read it with you. Be careful not to say, my own ability and my skill have gotten me this well. But Stephen was sort of humorously said, I think everybody's almost living like that. Well, I put in my time on my retirement. I work this many hours, I get this much output. Because I put this much in, this is how much out I get. I mean, so much of even experience within even the Christian church, whether we realize it or want to own it or to admit to it, many people's consciousness is based in that mindset. And I'm here, I'm a preacher, being dealt with by the Lord myself to actually proclaim this message of the grace, grace message of the Lord. To proclaim the grace, grace capstone message. That's, I'm, here, I'm here for that. I'm here for you to, to share this message with you and also to experience this message. But in the consciousness of mankind, primarily, that consciousness is in us, my own ability. If I go and get this much education, I put this much in, I get this much out. If I don't and I go work this hard and I put this much in, I get this much out. If I do this certain set of things and I make these certain th set of things happen, this is what I get from that. If I say these right words, I'll get this out of that. In a lot of ways, the consciousness of man is proclaiming my own ability. What it does is it runs back up to the stops. Uh, the mindset does. It goes back up to the stops and whether we realize this or not, and we get hit with something, and what we do, we frame the reference points around ability. Or we frame the reference points around skill set. And I don't, it doesn't matter if it's blue collar or if it's white collar. It, it makes no difference. The ability and the skill set gives us position or status or wealth or whatever we believe in society, and this is how it operates. And yet, the Lord... Jeremiah 9 and Deuteronomy. So we got Moses and Jeremiah. They're both telling us, don't think like that. 
Don't let your life think with a mindset like this. Even Paul is going to say it in Ephesians 2. He's going to say, for by grace are you what? Saved is what? It's not of your what? It's not of yourself or it's not by works, but it's by the Lord's grace. My wife this morning, she told me with tears in her eyes, she said, she said, Carol, I'm convinced, maybe more than I've ever been convinced in my life, everything is by the grace of God. Everything. Everything that's happened to us on our journey has been God's grace in operation. Some supervening outside of us, uh, down on us, um, moving our life along, almost like... We had these thoughts about it, and we thought we were going to do it. And if I put this much in, and I put that much, I get this much in, I get that much output. And almost all of society is caught up into this kind of conscious control. It's got it's got a, a grip. And I I know, like I'm preaching, this, like what are we supposed to do? <laughs> what do we do? You know, and I, what do we do now? I don't know if y'all feel that yet. If life isn't this way, and Jeremiah's saying don't do it from the authorization of the Lord, don't glory in that. Don't glory in your physical prowess and your physical stamina and your physical strength, and don't glory in your wealth. Don't even glory in the wisdom. Don't, and I'm going to take you where your glory is. But if he's saying, don't do that, and, and Moses saying, don't do that, and we let this thing infected us, it's infected us from the fall. I was sitting in, uh, in a new home in a new chair that I haven't ever been in, you know. It's like, okay, get used to new space. You're going to be here for the next month, and then we'll prepare for the next space, <laughs> you know. And it sort of throws you, you know. I'm sitting in a chair in my bedroom, and I'm like, the tears just start coming. I'm like, you're so good. I can't even run. I feel like, like I'm a little kid. I'm completely vulnerable, completely dependent. Don't know what we're going to do next. He's like, this is what I long for. This is the architecture I want. I, I, said, I told Kara, I said, I thought that we were going to stabilize and get all these things put in order. And then one day it would all kind of, we build our robust kingdom or something. <laughs> I've had this mindset, you know, you're, you're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Y'all know what I'm talking about? We're going to build our nest egg. We don't have one, by the way. <laughs> we don't either. Okay, good. And that dream's going to come to pass. And I will tell you, the dream has become him. The dream is God. And that's where we're at this morning, Jeff. Psalms 27. That's where I'm going to take us. Don't base anything on this. Nothing. Jesus said, I do nothing. Hey, take the basis of this. Say, what kind of message is this? I'm not up here to give you, like uh, Austin will say, where is the application? <laughs> she said to me, where is the application, Carol? If you give me eight things to do, I'd know exactly what to do, and I could just leave happy like that. You've left me sort of like, you know, I don't know. If, you know give me an application. I'll execute on it. He will, that guy. 
he ain't scared. <laughs> he's a he's one, he is such a high risk taker, that fella. He's like, I'm going in off for the Lord, him and his wife. I'm whatever. I'm following him. I love it. I love you. I love your mindset. So you can just say, you can say this little word, maybe. Hey, let me, let me not have a fallback anymore in my ability and skill set. Let me stop treating other people that way because of their ability and skill set. Let me stop imposing this kind of mindset onto my mindset and let me be loved by the Father. Let me just be delighted in. My little brother, he told me, he says, Carol, you have thrown the baby, the bathwater, you tore the whole entire bathroom out of the house. And I said, okay, for the love of God, yeah, because I couldn't put up with the other thing I just couldn't deal with anymore. Even I can't even listen to most songs from all that. It just messes with me. Why? It's like, I don't want anything to do with that. Like, because you and I, we were made for love. Did you hear it this morning? That's what you were created for. You're created to love and be loved and to love. That's what you're made for. Can you imagine if you could just let yourself breathe right now and just let the whole thing down? It's almost like, I feel like the Lord's like, I've been trying to convince you of this, but I won't keep doing it. But I just want you to experience me taking care of everything for you. And I want you to experience this. My grace is going to move through your being and it's going to activate you into the work I have for you to do. John uh, chapter six, I think verse 29, it says, they were saying to him, hey, what works do you want us to do? What work would you have us to do? And he says, and, and he gave the definition of, of it right here. The definition of work is this. He, the Lord said it. This is the work I have for you, that you what? Believe on the one whom he has sent. There's your definition of work. You want to know what work is? There it is. I don't know if the Department of Labor and Statistics would tell you that. <laughs> but there's your definition of work. I want you to believe on me. I just want you to believe on me. Now, that's not creedal faith. That's not intellectual faith. That's an active relating to him. It's just responding to the unction of the spirit when he's moving towards you. It's getting quiet sometimes and being still before him and waiting on him to activate your being. It's letting him run your man or woman show. <laughs> it's letting him run you, letting him run your whole person. It's letting him take over your conscious and the autonomy that ourselves has had and letting him have complete sway in your life and your being. That he has you. He has your situation in mind. And he may not respond to it the way you would. I think largely he doesn't. His mind might not even be into where your mind is about certain situations. He wants you to release that to him. Give up your conscious control. Give up your autonomous self and let this self have you. This is the grace, grace message I think that Zerubbabel was proclaiming. Actually, it says he was shouting it.
I think he, he, was, he had become aware of something. Because I'm like, why do you need to say grace twice? Is that like, if I said grace twice, does that make it more grace? Does it, is that grace plus grace and then there's more of it? And why do you think? Why is the, the, man, the man saying grace and then maybe it's a good homework question. He was, he, he said, this is my beloved son, hear you him, all right? The father does uh, out of Matthew 17. Uh, Jesus will also say, I didn't come to destroy the law and the prophets. In myself, I am the very fulfillment of both. In Matthew 5, 17. That he's the fulfillment of both uh, the law and the prophets. Shouts of grace, grace, with, with, with a, a triumphant victory. I'm not sure what your experience was today. I know I was up here and the Lord said, you know, you have to call for this testicular disease. And I was like, I don't want to do that. You know, he's like, just do it. Just do what I tell, you know, that's what I want you to do. I said, well, I'll consult before I do it. I'll make sure it's okay to say that. And then we're in the worship. And then I don't know if you experienced that transfer of uh, the room. I think Tom Gross did uh, because uh, the way you were blowing the horn. In my understanding, it's that step of obedience that brings in the uh, transfiguration or the transfiguration of glory and the the uh, the grace, grace, the movement of the spirit into the inner being. It's uh, it's the movement of trust that in the midst of your trust and saying, I don't understand, that it's the authorization and the unloading point of God. You don't have to know how it's going to work out and how it's going to pan out. All you have to do is say, I trust you. I'm going to go on the line for whatever you say. And then I believe that this is, this is the way I, I understand it now by the Lord is in that way, God has mediated his grace into you to give you something from himself. And then what follows is he himself coming into the self or transfiguring the self. The grace is there to to activate you to trust. And in that trust, there comes this grace of himself running your, yourself. I'm, I'm running your body. I'm in control of you now because you transfer trust over to me. Why? So then, again, the admonition of Jeremiah 9, don't say, or Deuteronomy do not say that it was by your own ability or your skill set that you got this wealth. Do not glory in your own wisdom. Do not glory in your skill set. Do not glory in your strength and your physical ability. Do not glory. Do not glory in, um, in your wealth or your provision. And look upon those things and say, look what this has afforded me. But listen, let him that glorieth, Jeremiah 9, verse 24, Let him glory in this, and uh, we'll close. Uh, let him who glories glory in this. That he understands and he knows me personally and practically. I like this in the Amplified Classic. I'm directing, discerning, and recognizing my character that I am the Lord. You see that? I am that I am, 
the Lord. I am the one who practices loving kindness. I believe that's hesed, as we learn in this house. I practice this as a way of life. This is my discipline. I practice judgment and righteousness in the earth. These are the things that I delight in. And so the basis of our, our life then, the consideration of our own consciousness is when the Lord gives you and I an activated step, I say, uh, son or daughter, make this step. I don't have to know. I don't have to measure my knowing of it. I don't need to measure my uh, physicality of it. And I do not need to measure my wealth in it. I don't need to look at it and say, my history has told me to do this like this before it. I do not need to look at it historically, intellectually. I do not need to look at it in my physicality and my own ability. And I don't need to measure my resources to examine the Lord pulling me or moving me or saying, let me move you into the grace, grace flow. And so I'm activated. My being is activated by God into the grace that is moving me by faith into a greater grace that is flowing through me, he himself in me, transfiguring me, making me whole and making me new. And I can move out on that and I can trust. I think so much of when the Lord begins by the grace of the Lord to move in our life and, and cause us to faith, that that's what we do. We check, we check all the basis of everything and then we run a risk assessment if I go out on this, I'm risking uh, financial peril. I'm risking relationships. I'm risking my own physical well-being. I'm running a risk on that it's not going to make sense to myself or others. And I believe the Lord would say, and Paul would say it, and I mentioned it earlier, for by grace are you saved through faith. Did somebody say my name? Did you say my name? Did you say my name? Somebody just said my name. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> wow. I don't think I've ever had that happen. said, Carol, did you say that, Dad? What's that? You have many times, yes. Carol! <laughs> For by grace have we been saved. It's not of myself. It's a gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. And I think Richard just sent this to me. <laughs> Thank you, Richard. This is the exact section of scripture that Kara and I was reading this morning together. Listen. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. 
Whom shall I be afraid of or dread? The Lord is the refuge and the stronghold of my life. I'll not be afraid. Even if the wicked and my enemies and my foes came upon to eat up my flesh, they'll stumble and fall. And though a host, even if a host encamps against me, my heart shall not fear. And though war rises up against me, even this, and then I will be confident. Where's my confidence? Where does it lie? One thing. One thing. Just this one thing. One thing I've asked of you, Lord, and that I'll seek. You're the one I'll make inquiry of. I'm going to require it. I want to dwell in the house of the Lord. I want to be in your presence all the days of my life. (laughs) (laughs) I want to gaze upon your beauty. And I want to have sweet, attractive, delightful and loveliness of the Lord. I want to meditate on you and consider and inquire in your temple. For I know that in the day of trouble, he'll hide me in his shelter. In the secret place of his tent, he'll hide me. And he will set me on a rock. And now shall my head be lifted. (laughs) And now shall my head be lifted above all my enemies. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes, Lord, right? Do you believe? Do you believe this message? Yes, you believe. Yeah. 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 I believe you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. Oh, we trust you, Lord. Skeleton 
Oh. While Stephen sings, come forward. We'll receive communion. We'll take it together. Those doors and let the sun of resurrection in. Let him in. Let him in. Let him in. Go.
He took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, he took the cup and he blessed it. He said, this is the blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me. thank you for grace, Lord. Thank you for your grace, Lord. Oh, thank the Lord. I thank you for your grace, Lord. The grace that saves. Ooh. I thank you, Lord. I give you thanks, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I honor you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. Oh, you're good, Lord. you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may you have peace. Amen. Bless you today.
I am his promised bride And I'm destined to wear white And my chest is full of hope And a dress and veil as snow And he said he'd come for me know when I'm ready and my heart is aching for the coming of the Lord I must get ready now and I must get ready the night. 